Hello, welcome to In Bed with Books, the podcast where we talk about smutty fantasy, classics, and more. My name is Melissa. And I'm Bethany. If you'd like to find more of us, you can find us on our website, inbedwithbookspod.com, YouTube for video versions of the podcast, or wherever you pod on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you want to see us outside of the podcast, then head over to Instagram and follow us at InBedWithBooksPod. Thanks for being here. Let's jump right in. Today is very warm. I am like, I came home and I put shorts on and a tank top and I was like, no. I feel like I sweat off enough like liquid to create a whole second person yeah yeah and that's just since I showered two hours ago so So, doing great and then like so we have our AC unit that blows into like the main room and then this is like the little closet and it doesn't get any of that air so I'm just like blinds down (laughs) yes yes uh. (laughs) if you can hear my fan at any point it's because I had to turn it up because same we, just, we, we have to survive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so what have, what has been your obsession this last week, Melissa? Um, so at the time of filming this, <laughs> just for clarification, yes, a week ago today, volume two of Stranger Things came out. Yes. And so Eddie Munson has been my obsession. Yes. I love, I just, okay. I, (laughs) (laughs) I think one of my favorite parts of it is that like as a singular character, he kind of represents the satanic Mm -hmm. panic in in the late eighties. There's just something really fun about that. Yeah. And then, one thing that I've always liked about the Duffer Brothers work is how they take these really harsh stereotypes. One of like horror movie stereotypes, but two also of like the characters and the kind of stereotypes that the characters are. Mm-hmm. And they kind of turn them on their head. And so when we see Eddie first, he's kind of dickish. And like, at first you're kind of hesitant about liking him. Mm-hmm. But later, we find out how big of a heart he actually has. And I love that because he's like this, the, I mean, his opening line where they're reading, where, where he's reading that, like, I can't remember, some newspaper article about D&D and about how, like, the same argument that gets made nowadays about video games and, like, yeah. violent TV and everything. And so you kind of expect him to be a dick and he's not. He's, like, a really nice person. Mm-hmm. Um, he sacrifices himself for everybody. Mm-hmm. but also his hair i do you have a hair kink now <laughs> i might i might i might have a hair kink for a very specific wig yeah which was apparently on set it was called the beast oh really yes and i don't know how anyone doesn't have a kink for a wig that was called the beast yeah so yeah yeah um but i also just really like this season because i know um recently we did have a conversation about stranger things yeah um about this season specifically i loved how they really went with some like classic deaths like you had the blonde you had the black Mm -hmm. kid you had the the nerd like some really typical figures to Mm -hmm. die at a 
in a horror movie. Um, and also just the way that they really use that like nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. So good. So yeah. fun. So yeah. Yeah. I think it was a good season. And Eddie, he sacrificed himself and he had the most metal concert in history. So yeah. And how are you not supposed to love him? He was just happy. Yes. Yes. Jolly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very sweet. He deserved better. Um, there, there's one death, um, that I kind of secretly loved, which was when, (laughs) what's his, uh, what's the guy's name? The Jason guy, Jason. So, there was a point in that episode where he's like literally chasing a child child. yes and to say nothing of like the racial implications all of that but also like this is a child and then he's and then so i was just like holy shit this is getting like weird i genuinely thought he was gonna kill somebody in this episode yeah Yeah. in that episode yeah and then and then he's in this like fist fight with lucas Mm -hmm. and then and then i just love that like the upside down like cracks open and he just like melts and it's like it's just like a it's just like this thing that passes just, by yes yeah <laughs> his death is just like a whoop and I love that I love that he didn't get like that was that was his moment was like gone yes because that's what I think he my only problem with it <laughs> is that he didn't learn how wrong he was before mm-hmm. he died mm-hmm. um yeah. But yeah, I, I loved his actual death. I just wish that we'd had like something beforehand mm-hmm. that would have proved to him how fucked up he was being. But his, okay. So like we talk about Eddie and Jason kind of being against each other. And we mm-hmm. get that from the very first scene where they're introduced together because he yells across the the cafeteria about throwing balls in laundry baskets. Um, but where Eddie had this very like heroic arc Jason mm-hmm. had this like devolution of yeah. character that was so beautiful. I love that shit. I like to see characters like just lose their entire sense of humanity. Um, yeah, there's the shot when he's driving because they've been tipped off about the kids being at the Krill house, mm-hmm. and he it's just like a side shot of him, but you can see how like bloodshot his eyes are because he's just been up for days yeah. Yeah. on his little witch hunt. It's he's just like obsessed disgusting and i love yeah. it yes yeah yeah excellent performance honestly yeah because he doesn't love like a really well-performed yeah. villain well and a good villain that's like both based off of like real things yeah but just like there's so much like detail and um time dedicated to like watching that happen like you said like yes devolution is like really nice it's like when you take the time to really like give it what it wants give it yes yes you know it's not just this like very one note pulled together villain like villains good well-written good like well performed performed exactly villains are so satisfying they make the good that much more like exciting and pure um i remember in the scene where we first meet him officially there's uh it's when he's giving that speech Mm -hmm. at the pep rally yeah and there's this part where he talks about when they were almost losing losing the previous game 
and how they have to pull together for the people that died in the mall fire, which is like the cover story for season three, the end of season three. Yeah. And all, so I think it was like three of us in the house who were watching it and all of us were like, this is fucking sketch. Like this yeah. is not, this is fucked up. Yeah. This is Cause he's real. also like, he's, he's giving it like he's speaking at the pulpit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it felt like, like a nightmare. Yes. Like you're yes, like, this so isn't like, real. This is, and this yeah, might be the fact that real. like, we're all kind of like, we're all kind of, like you and I and like the people in my house are kind of like the freaks that he would not have liked and so we are mm. inherently skeptical of that kind of behavior mm-hmm. um but then we kind of see the callback to it like any any hesitance or reservations you had watching that first scene are validated in the scene where he goes to the town hall and he takes it over like the cops can't get it back not that they necessarily try they're really shitty cops but they can't take it back from him. They try to say, like, anyone who's out past curfew, like, you'll be arrested. Nobody gives a shit. And you yeah. can see that later when everybody is also out at night doing, the, like, this witch hunt. It was so satisfying how yeah. fucked up it was. Yeah. yeah. And it was, like, it was, like, oddly validating because you're like, mm-hmm. it wasn't in my head. He is bad. Like, he is a, mm-hmm. a bad melon. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talk a lot more about Stranger Things on YouTube, so you should check yes, that out because yes. um, we love we love it, and we're yes. we've been oh, pretty God. obsessed with it for a couple of years now, as most of the world should be. <laughs> yes, they should be. The acting on that show—I think that was our biggest takeaway yeah. from our conversation—is just the performances this season were out of this world. Yeah, it's true, and and that's really hard to get with kids, but they mm-hmm. did such a good job. They mm-hmm. did, it, yeah two thumbs up this is real music <laughs> yes okay okay because we'll keep going so yes all right okay Anthony what are we talking about today I love that you always ask me like I'm yes. the one I'm the one that has the book usher us into it yeah usher us. we are talking about the queen of nothing the third and final in the trilogy the folk of the air by Holly Black and this was my favorite one Oh yeah. It was so good. Yes. So good. I love that we started out in the human world. She's just fucking badass, just like making ends meet and like Mm -hmm. trying to like do all of these like tasks for all of like the fae in the area. And she comes across Grima Mog. Grima Mog. Yeah. I've never said that name out loud. I've just read it. So I'm like, (laughs) what does it sound like? Yes, yes. Um who i'm in love with new daddy like new new mama daddy daddy. yes yes new maddie (laughs) yes she's so good i kind of to like touch on your first point which is that like she's making ends meet i love that because they could have easily or i guess like holly black could have easily done this whole story where she can't get by because she was raised in privilege and like because she grew up in this big mm-hmm. aristocratic household she doesn't know how but like it's fucking jude duarte she knows how to pull something out of her ass and, and get shit done and she does it and i love the way her mind works like she's like when she's like talking to grima mog and she's like negotiating she's like i should have i should have given her a higher price like she yeah. she's like learning from like these little mistakes mm-hmm. these like little like miss um yeah like steps yeah missteps 
which Mm -hmm. I, I just love that because that's, that's like survival Mm -hmm. mode, you know, Mm -hmm. and she's just always in survival mode. Oh God. Yeah. And that's kind of just her personality. Actually. I think, I don't think it's really like, like she does it because she wants to do it, not because she has to do it. She, she does it because she has to do it because that's what she wants. Yes. Like, because she has ambitions. Yeah. And she knows that she has to, in order to fulfill those ambitions. Yeah. I think this time around, we definitely got more from Taryn. And I think in a more like fulfilling way, we saw the ways that they're different mm-hmm. because previously Taryn has really just been kind of pretty quiet. Yeah. Uh, like the good housewife, but she kind of came into her own. And I think yeah. like, that that was the huge difference because yeah. Jude is really never satisfied with with what she has and I think that's kind of an unsaid thing about the end of this book what does she do next because she's always been moving mm-hmm. um but that's why Jude and Taryn's ideas of survival are extremely different mm-hmm. well I that's what I was really curious about is how you felt about Taryn in this book because that She's always been one you don't like. I'm still on the fence about her, but Mm -hmm. it didn't really resolve as much as I thought it was going to. And I think maybe that's part of like, we really picked it up. Her like betrayal, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot. And we kind of like hung on that. And so I think we were let down, maybe let down a little bit because it didn't like fulfill like the resolution we were looking for because maybe we just like really just like I don't know I don't know I feel like it really got swept under the fact that she killed Locke and was pregnant and then like everything kind of hit the fan after that and so there wasn't really a chance for them to like sit down and talk that out because it wasn't just that like like the Locke betrayal was huge Mm -hmm. but her using them to like Taryn using them to help Maddox was completely different like that is a mm-hmm. whole other level of betrayal and so I do think like let's say let's imagine for a second that like we get to see them after this I think a lot of that especially because there's nothing bad happening now like the the conflict mm. has been resolved all they have is to talk about the, the problem now yeah I think um Jude has always like, there was like kind of this moment. I can't exactly remember one moment. The um Taryn, like Jude kind of accepted something from her. She accepted like the it was like that scene where she like accepted that she was gonna go in and like help her. Mm-hmm. The way that she talks to other players in the game, like Maddock and stuff, she's always trying to think about like what they're thinking, what they're wanting from her. Is this an even exchange? Am I going to get what I want out of this? Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like she was trying to get anything out of this, other than the fact that she wanted to go back to fairy. <laughs> yeah, I and think that's Carden. the thing, though. Uh, yeah, like- I think she really did. Mm-hmm. But I do. But I felt this sense of like, it really felt. I I feel with Jude and Taryn like the sense of sisterhood mm-hmm. that is like always underlining. Like you you get in fights with your sisters, you hate your sisters, but then at the end of the day, they're still your sister's sister. And yeah. you just kind of like, they they will always be your sister. And so you can't like, yeah. you know, because who, 
who was the last person Tarn had in that moment? Jude. Mm -hmm. And so Jude always knows that that's, Jude will always be there and she, and Tarn will always be there. And so there's kind of this sense of like sisterhood, no matter how like shitty she was. So yeah, but I, but I do feel like not a lot of that old conflict was really brought up and like, yeah, hashed through. Um, like going off that as well is I, I feel like Taryn also has that sense of, of like, I can say those things. You can't. I think both of them do actually with each other. Cause like they're twins. So we get that a little bit more, but like, I can say that shit about her and I can say that shit about my dad, but you cannot. And so like right. finding out the, like the level of threat that law could become to her, mm-hmm. I feel like was probably also a driving force in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like, I'm, I'm definitely not a hater of Taryn anymore, but I, w- I still have my hesitance about, about her. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but Grima Mog, from their I very love... first meeting, I was like, <sighs> she's met her match. Wrote. She's met her yes. match. Yes. Yeah. Oh God, I can't even read what I wrote. Because <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I was reading and just scribbling. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Um, I was very excited about the fact that like she was a red cap and she was a, sh- a she. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I said, take Jude under, she better take Jude under her wing and destroy all the men, yes. which I feel like she did. Yes. Um, I don't think I explicitly realized it, but then when she shows up later to help save her and everything, there is kind of this sense of like, they're showing her that being a red cap doesn't inherently mean that you need to be pursuing the crown like i i'm not quite as into matic after book three Mm -hmm. after like the first two books i feel like there was still some room for or i guess like they're part of book two so all of book one and part of book two there was still some room for matic to like amend things yeah but pretty immediately you see that that's not the case anymore um and i i there's a couple of spots so like when he stabs her uh-huh when they're having that like duel outside of the encampment and she mentions that he has this almost like this look of surprise on his face and so i feel like we don't you still can't ignore the fact that his behavior isn't always like a conscious thing like he he it's in his nature yeah but that doesn't mean that it has to be the way that it is because we see with Grima Mog like, mm. and she's a fucking cannibal yeah so this isn't like she's a nice red cap she's she's arguably more fucked up than yeah Maddox is but Maddox is her... power hungry exactly because their goals are inherently different yeah. it, it's a totally different situation yeah if he's getting to the point where he's stabbing the person that he sees as his daughter and surprising himself then like it's different yeah so um i loved the fact that she like went in as taryn and like that whole thing was so fun yes because first of all i knew for a fact Cardin would know exactly who she was oh yeah like i was just like okay back into his arms and then that and then the coup thing or not the coup but like just like taking jude mm-hmm. happened and then maddock and Ariana like thought it was Taryn 
And I was just like, but how long is Oriana going to last? Yes. Yes. Because I, because you think Maddox will find out first because of like their whole mm-hmm. mind, like they're like, she's always talking about like, I'm going to become Maddox. Right. Mm-hmm. But I love that Oriana finds out first. And then that I forget, but it did tell you when he found out. So Do you remember the day after. Okay. So like there's the night that Oriana confronts her because uh-huh. she figures it out, which again, I, I also love because yes. as tense as their relationship was for all intents and purposes, Oriana was her mother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the day after that. And the day after that, in like the afternoon, he had asked Oriana to ask Taryn, quote unquote Taryn, to bring tea to their like war tent. And what oh, tipped him right. off was yeah, that she looked at the map off. too long. That's yeah. what it was. Yep. Yeah. Not the conversation around the fire. Nope. Which is crazy to me because I'm like, Maddox is better than this. And that's like his weak. He was so weak. It, the weakness is that he wants his daughters to love him. Yeah. He desperately wants their love. Yeah. He just has a pretty warped idea in some in some yeah. senses of what that looks like. And he knows he can get that from Taryn much easier. Or at least like a fake version of it. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. That was really fun. Also, when you find ghost. Okay. Okay. I love the ghost. I said that in book one. Love the ghost. And I, I said that in part two. And... <laughs> The little lines when they're like, and you could tell who the ghost was because they get like those masks. You could tell who the ghost was because he looked back at Taryn. Oh, I know. I know. I'm so excited about that. I want them to make beautiful children. I ship it. I ship it so hard. I ship it so fucking hard. (laughs) There's the first time we have like an inkling of that happening. I think it was at either the banquet or like the, I think like the after- like not the coronation, but the banquet after they yeah. won. And she's talking about how somebody's saying something, or like, and Taryn's telling a story, and the ghost is just it's looking, just at, looking her. at her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I was like, yes, absolutely, yep. absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, also, like the killer move when she one tells them, like, brings them down to the dungeon, and she's like, "Here's the ghost," and he starts climbing, and then just like nonchalantly gives his full name. And tells him to stop. Like, yeah, boss ass move. She wanted yeah. them to see, and she's like, "I'm also giving you his name because, yeah, fuck you." Yeah. So she essentially freed him. Mm-hmm. Because and there's that. Oh, there's that. Like such a sense of relief from him. He just like, yeah, aside from because yeah. he knew he could trust Taryn, and he yeah. probably saw what she went through. Oh Locke yeah, definitely. Stuff, so because um, he even talked about re- regretting working with Locke mm-hmm. even though he did it out of guilt and everything um okay you want to know the part that really got me tearing up though was actually when um her and Nikasia yes became like made up. friends yeah yes when they, like like it was a really tentative making up because mm-hmm. you wouldn't have realized that it was until she showed up with the armies yeah um right like them having that little moment that moment of like amend between each other motivated her enough to be like fuck you i'm gonna rule this army without my mom here i'm in charge 
So yeah, yeah, it was really, it was a really awesome moment. So much of this book was just like ladies helping ladies. Yes. Yes. Which was really fun. And ladies helping men. Like the, yes. Um, men who didn't think they could be helped. Yeah. Yeah. The ghost, the roach, yeah. Cardin. Yes. Roach. Oh my gosh. That's what I want to talk about too. I really liked that. <laughs> that foil. I was so scared. Yes. Oh, that, that was such, so sweet. Like, um, because, you know, she didn't say like, I love you back. And then just like that beautiful moment that the roach and the bomb have together when they don't mm-hmm. know that the ghost and Jude is there and he's just like, I'm dying, I'm dying. And then it was just like, this. and she's like, no, you're not, no, you're not, no, you're not. And they like sneak out and it was just like, and, and you know, realized... that they had really great sex afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's um, followed by really great sex. Um also Yes, later <laughs> in the book, when we see the roach and and the bomb together, they're like, um and Jude says something along the lines of how he suddenly looks happier or he looks like he has like yes. a, a, yes. a smile. And I'm like, Yeah, because he's getting laid. <laughs> That's the glow everyone's talking about. Well, she um it was I I remember rereading it because I loved it. He, she said that he had this like glow in his eye and then like a smile that like stayed in the like corner of his mouth. And she said, I hated it. I hated looking at it because she, not for him, but like for her. Yep. Like that, Yep. that, you know, she gets that, they get that. And she doesn't, it goes back to also like, I think it was when they were about to have sex, but he says something along the lines of like, how much is it going to take for both of us to take down our armor? Mm-hmm. Because he's trying to open up a little bit and she kind of is, but she's still taking it as a joke, which is, I mean, mm-hmm. normal response to vulnerability you're not ready for, but very like, yeah, very parallel with like, the roach waking up and just basically vomiting out the confession yeah 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 um a very like blatant version of that which is i don't know i like it sometimes i like when you don't have to read between the lines especially like in a book like this where we often have to yes because it's fairy yeah and so if you're not then you're not seeing like the tricks that are happening yeah um yeah yeah that was so good yeah okay next do you have something to say because I have like a topic no no go ahead okay so something else I want to talk about is the girl gang which there's a lot of girl gangs but the girl gang which is and oak which is like (laughs) vivi 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 i don't know vivi heather yeah vivi heather Grandma Mock <laughs> comes in yeah. at one point and Oak and they're just their presence is much more like united in this book and mm-hmm. they're just like there to like they they have like Jude's back even though like yeah. Jude from the very beginning is very much like the lone alone ranger like she's just very mm-hmm. much on her own path she doesn't ask for anything she just does everything herself there is no backup right she does like kind of her sisters are kind of there, but she doesn't want to depend on them. 
Yeah. And this is, these are like serious moments where she's been bailed out several times. And it's yeah. like really comforting to know that they're actually there for her. And that's much they, that's how much they care about her. Yes. I think that also is a big reason why the conflict with Taryn never gets explicitly stated mm-hmm. because she ends up showing more through her actions that yeah. she's got her back, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of Grimamog, I'm going to keep coming back to yes, her because absolutely. I, I fucking love support her. it. Um, in the same vein, when, okay, so when like Cardin turns into the snake when he gets cursed and Taryn's all upset and everything, Grimamog, like that's the moment when you see the difference between her and Matic. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a, like the power, the ambition for power isn't a red cap thing. It's the violence that they use to act out their, like their wants and their needs. Yeah. Because her first thought is to get Jude out of the room and to get her into a secure location because she knows immediately that people who want power are going to come after her. Mm-hmm. And so I just love, I, I love that moment. Because even like, even when she goes with them to help save Jude from the encampment, all of like everything, I guess, leading up to the moment where she saves her from the masses essentially is still grima kind of working for her like it it could be read still as grima working towards her own ends Mm -hmm. because that's just how like from the previous two books we've learned that very people can sometimes act um and even like you were saying about jude how she'll do favors but she does them with her own needs in mind that's something she learned in fairy Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm So I think like Grima Mog is one of the first powerful players that we meet who is also kind of selfless. Yeah. Like she just wants a good leader to like yeah. send her out like of like the like the sword of the crown kind of thing, you know? And I feel like she so she wouldn't have known that until she had been one-on-one combat with her at the very beginning. Yeah. And then later when she um when Jude is like bleeding bleeding and then she's like whatever all hail queen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and i just yeah love that i was just like oh good like someone grima mog very much was this voice of reason Mm -hmm. a lot of 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 a fae who was living in the human world who has a lot of history with like the politics of the fae who has a lot Mm -hmm. of power and influence while also being kind of a kind of a wild card she felt very much like a wild card and then also just supported jude and that was really fun and she did it before she found out she was queen she did it just because she fucking wants she wants to see where that's going yeah yeah she's she's like like, you know i could i could use my sword a little bit that'd be nice yeah um yeah but she also saves the knife the like dagger yeah that jude loses which is like another kind of tender moment from her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, how do you feel about Maddox's punishment? Oh, yeah. So he gets banished to the human world. Mm-hmm. What else? Is that it? He can never return. He can never return. 
I mean, I feel like in terms of what Jude needs mm-hmm. is that it solves a problem, which is yes. he can't fuck with them anymore. But he's still alive and he's there, I guess. So that Oak can have a father mm-hmm. and Oriana can have a Maddox. What do you, th- what do you think? I at first didn't like it. You're the queen of retribution. So yes, yes. We need- I, cause it, it did feel kind of like a cop out at first. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was kind of like, if you're going to punish him, then fucking punish him. Don't half-ass it, you know? whole ass yeah. one thing but then later i think it was in like maybe the epilogue even she was talking with vivi and and maybe oak and well in turn so yeah she was talking to the like to the siblings and she said something to vivi about like having to teach him about human things and then it occurred to me that she's quite literally creating a boundary with her father that will allow them to have a relationship. Right. Um, so it's not so much a punishment as it, like. It is a putting a, putting one in one's place. Yeah. Like, putting him in his place. The thing with Maddox is that I think the best kind of comparison to like a human father would be a father with like addiction mm-hmm. because he, he gets surprised when he, is is too violent with the kids and so it's not a behavior that he clearly likes yeah um and the thing with like with the relationship or like with trying to have a relationship with somebody like that is that you have to lay down boundaries and what she's done is laid down a boundary that he physically cannot break yeah and so i I like that yeah um and at least for the time being, because she mentions at some point that if she stays in in fairy in Elfheim, then she won't age. But if she goes out, then she'll age to however long it's actually been. So she they really only have a few years left together, assuming that she never raises the ban on him. But like for those years, they'll have a good relationship. Um, Jude. Yeah. Will age because I don't think she's outside? gonna leave. Yeah. 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 Not with what she has. So, yeah. Um, she's she's got a card in now. Yeah, and she's queen. Like, she's not gonna give yeah. that up. So I mean, like, at first, no, but after I thought about it, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, with Jude, she really she really thinks things through. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, daddy issues in this book. Oh yeah. Because she, I think even, she had even to deal with, with it more. Yeah. But she had to deal with it more blatantly than she had previously. Mm-hmm. In the past, she's just kind of been like, well, you know, Maddox is kind of hard and we had some rough times. But in this time, she was like, oh God, I'm turning into Maddox. This yeah. is terrifying. Yeah. 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 Well, there's that line she says, I, I can eat. I can either turn into Maddox or break. Like she was mm-hmm. like working through that, you know? Yeah. And I think like that's a big lesson. Like when we talk about like having daddy or mommy issues, is that like it can be hard when you have parts of yourself that remind you of them, mm-hmm. but you didn't just get bad things from them. Yeah. 
because in some of those moments where she's stressing about that she also needed to be acting like that she needed that kind of behavior yeah to survive so yeah it's a blessing and a curse yeah we didn't talk a lot about Cardin, but he was kind of just a side character, really. He, yeah, he didn't have a lot of like screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I loved some of the stuff that he said and did because this this book he was definitely more affirmatively, "I love you," yeah. and yeah. "You're beautiful," and I knew it was you from the second you came in, and I'm gonna go yeah. into the middle of en- enemy territory to save your life. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a dreamboat. This book, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there's like really no other way to put it. He was just super into her and it felt super natural because now we've known him for three books. It wasn't like they met two weeks ago and he's yeah. asking her to marry him. Like yeah. it was, it was really fulfilling of a, of a, of a story for them, their yeah. love. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I feel like now actually talking about the book, I feel like like we've actually hit all of the groups and the main characters. Yeah. Like it's, it was actually like a pretty simple but significant like mm-hmm. book. Like I feel like, well, yeah. I feel so like one, the books themselves are like on, I don't want to say the shorter side, but definitely in terms of like the length of YA or fantasy books, it's kind of like they're the pretty lower short. end of average. Yeah. They're yeah. like, this one's 308. So, yeah. But I mean, like, yeah. that's still probably like midway. Yeah. Um, I feel like we kind of get skewed because we've read like nearly a thousand page books. Yeah. <laughs> which is not the norm. No. Um, but it follows just like one succinct plot line, too. It's like yeah. at the very beginning, there is the assassination of the king and multiple children. So you've got like the rush of power grab. And then in the middle is like Cardin trying to secure his rule in anticipation of eventually Oak ruling. Mm -hmm. And then the end is just breaking the crown. Like it's just kind of redefining what that's going to look like. Like there's a very clear story. There's not some kind of like conspiracy that's going on necessarily. There's little ones, but they aren't like Jude is smart. She figures them out. It's not like in crescent city where it's actually kind of like angels of death sucking yeah, it's the life like, force it's out like of inception. everybody it's like inception and you're like oh there's like planets upon planets and yes and who like, are there's, there's we not and like who a, are a, they a, and how do we there's different realms how do and we it's get like, here yeah like exactly very existential kind of stuff yeah. whereas this is just like it's a very simple kind of like Macbeth plot yes yes and that's um, so, it's so nice to read yes yes it this one was really easy to read i really enjoyed this one a lot same same Mm -hmm. yeah i did kind of miss the like jude style um i've been planning this all along yes moment yeah but i think she had more that she had to accomplish emotionally than like trickstery yeah so i was still like i still love yeah she went in this book instead she was like just having to think on her feet yeah yeah seeing what she does like under pressure yeah i did kind of anticipate she would have to cut off his head with the sword because they spent a little too long in the very beginning explaining what the sword's purpose was yeah and then (laughs) when they said the the prophecy again i was like she's gonna kill him with the sword 
Yeah. And then she's stressing him like, you just got to kill him with the sword. But I like, I also like that she had plotted a little bit. Yeah. Like she had, she had grabbed um, Maddox's Maddox hair and, I think and Gerald. Yeah. Yeah. From the, the court of teeth and like mm-hmm. put them on the thing. Yeah. And so she had like a backup, I feel yeah. like. But she wanted Cardin back, or she. It was almost like bigger for her to reject the plot, the plotting that she's done, yes, and choose yes. love instead. Yes. Yeah, and that was yeah. the ultimate rejecting Madoc. Yep. yep. Yes. Um. So good. <sighs> so so good. good. So good. I love yes. Jude. Love. Oh Jude. yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know. I'm just. I'm just thinking about them having sex. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very um, good. It was definitely more of like a closed door sex scene, which we don't read a lot on here, mm-hmm. but they still had the before, vague, during, and after. So I am satisfied. Yes. Yes. I just need some after cuddling and I'm fine. <laughs> so. Well, and like, there's enough, um, there's enough dynamic, like there's enough, um, charge of what they're bringing to like yes. imagine yes what happened in between the lines because when you have two like really like bland characters and bland like context then it like then you're just kind of like eh. that's yeah. when it lays flat but there's a, so much like in that scene in itself and in, in their in their personalities and stuff what yeah because she like well i was gonna say like because she starts like she gives a very specific positioning yes like we know what position they start in and we know what position they end in and we can fill in the blanks. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. It's like a Mad Libs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mad Libs um, of, of what happens in YA sex scenes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, closing thoughts. How, how long has it already been? Well, we talked about Stranger Things a lot, but I, like I said, I feel like this book was very straightforward unless there's anything- it was yeah let me think i feel like there were actually i highlighted a couple of things yeah that's i realized what better way to be able to reference my notes than to actually highlight the parts so like i highlight think i should talk about yeah. on the podcast okay okay oh okay another famous or like favorite dream of mog moment so in the same scene that i had mentioned earlier where she takes jude out of like the the fray and uh-huh. make sure that she's somewhere safe jude is kind of having a panic attack which mm-hmm. is fair. The love of her life just got turned into a giant serpent and he's mm-hmm. growing and disappearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jude has this line where she's like, it's fine, it's fine, I'll be fine. I just need to sit for a minute. And Grima Mog's only response is, I know you are. She mm-hmm. has like such confidence mm-hmm. in Jude and that's what she needed. Like that yeah. is the the support system that she needed yeah. to, to be able to do what she's doing. And I loved that moment between them. It was really small, but really yeah. satisfying yeah oh okay and then just another like i love the way that holly black writes this world kind of moment Mm -hmm. when she's first approaching the cave that the ghost is in she talks about how when she's first getting into it like when she sees it from the outside it looks like a mouth like a mouth smiling like the shape of the cave looks like it's smiling and then a couple paragraphs later 
she's inside of it and like the stalagmites and the stalactites she describes them like teeth yeah and so i just love those little moments where it's like that imagery is sticking together and it's like is this cave a mouth i love the images yes. she's created she's like the excellent writing she's because she it's also kind of creepy of yeah yes yes it's kind of creepy but it also makes sense because it's fairy yeah i i agree i think she writes the way that she writes like really gets the point across that it's this creepy world it's this enchanted world i also really like the way she does dialogue yeah like it's not like snarky for snark's sake that's just who jude is Mm -hmm. like what she's thinking and everything like she really puts a lot of thought into like the dialogue as well yeah one one specific um scene i think they were all like all of the vivi and all of them were together and they were like they're like trying to figure out like what happened with like the ghosts and stuff mm-hmm. and then vivi says it's ridiculous the way everyone acts like killing a king is going to make someone better at being one imagine if the mortal in the mortal world a lawyer passed the bar by killing another lawyer <laughs> like i just let like that's the fucking like yes. crux and she's just talking like she doesn't care about fairy but she's just like what the hell <laughs> yep and also like if we want to talk about vivi for a second mm-hmm. ever since the whole situation with heather um in book two i think you can see kind of some of her more fairy-like behavior as much as she tries to reject it and she at the very end when she's trying to take a bunch of stuff from fairy back to the human world like, yeah. it's clear that she's kind of her daddy issues have healed a little bit at the same time that Jude's mm-hmm. have for the yeah. very same reason because that's the the whole reason she was rejecting their life there the entire time um so I like that we get that from her as well mm-hmm. because she also can't move on and like heal and help with Heather mm-hmm. around what happened if she's kind of demonizing that part of her you know yeah. Yep. She has to see it more as like a neutral part. Yeah. It is like she is. It's not bad just because she got it it's from different. Yeah. 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 That's okay. a good point. Yeah. I think that's everything. My other note was just that I was basically fangirl screaming at the Roach's declaration of love. Yes. That, like <laughs> it was just so good. So beautiful. One quick thing also that I underlined was how Cardin like we kind of talked about them, like their armor coming down a little bit, especially <laughs> his in this instance, like, yeah, he really missed her. And there's yeah. this part where she, she realizes that his tail shows emotion more than he does. And I just yeah. fucking melted. I was like, it was like Cardin emerges, his gaze going to neither me nor the guard, but to hollow hall itself. His tail lashes the air behind him, showing all the emotion that's not on his face. And then there's a moment when they're embracing and she notices his tail kind of moving a lot or like when he was like something emotional was happening and his like tail move. And then it like came up on her calf when they were having sex. Yes. When they were having sex, his tail wrapped around her leg. And you know, we've been, I wouldn't say tail kink on this podcast we are right. definitely pro pro tail pro choice about tails if yes. you will yes um 
after the moment when his tail wrapped around her leg, I was like, I don't know. I think I might just be pro tail. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the tail is. It's worn on it, me. It is. It's, it's a new kink. No, it's like, yeah. 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 You know, sometimes we just discover them late in life. Yeah. We're just like, I could do with a tail. Yeah. I could do with a tail wrapping around my leg when the I, moment is right. I wouldn't be ob- objected to it. Nope. It would have to be attached to a human. Yes. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't be opposed just to clarify. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Pro tail here. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, that was a good book. That was fun. Yeah. That was a good one. It was a good, res- it was a good uh, conclusion to the mm-hmm. story. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I think next week we're talking about fantasy creatures yes yes and then i think our next book after that is going to be glint by Raven. i don't Kennedy. know what's after the next one i'm only one week my brain is only one week ahead <laughs> well i've been doing the images for it so i've had i oh, like, had to know yeah because we were we were doing gleam but that's actually the third one glint and i'm really excited yes. to get in that one this is when it's supposed to get good so in terms I of reading, need, I need a new love and trust in those yeah. books. So yeah, yeah. we yeah. need more than Midas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I need some more options here. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Until next week. Happy reading. Happy reading. Bye. Bye.